Well, good evening. Let's all stand and together we lift up our voices as we sing. Sing to the King and then take my life and let it be. Sing to the King who is coming to reign. Glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Life and salvation, His empire shall bring. Joy to the nations when Jesus is King. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He is all we need. Lift up a heart of praise. Sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to There's power in the blood, power in the blood. 
this evening. Does anybody have a favorite that just off the top of your head you're saying, oh, let's do this one tonight. Mike's pretty good on the computer over there. Yes, Louie. I come to the garden. I come to the garden. Sure. Absolutely. Is that the title? In the garden. Yes. I knew it. I knew it, but I just couldn't. I was like, well, I think that's right. All right. In the garden. We'll do the first and the last, Mike. Four flats. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God is. Uh... 
another favorite? Yes, sir. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. One sharp. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins And won the victory my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about How about another one? Yes. I'd rather have Jesus. So hymn number 517, we'll do the first and the last. This world affords today. 
Harmon. Yeah, right across the page, 518. The longer I serve him, Mike, do we have? I don't know that we have slides for that one either. Okay, we'll do 518, the longer I serve him, the first and the second. I think so. I'm trying to think how it goes. with me and turn to 1 Peter. 
1 Peter chapter 2. I told you this morning we did part 1 and that tonight I was going to do part 2. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 15 through 18. Um, you folks who are live streaming the service tonight, uh, I don't know whether you had to you know, DVR it or we talked about cassette tapes or whatever needed to be done so that you could get both of them linked in together. Um, call John if you need suggestions. He'll tell you how to make it all come together. But uh, tonight, the title of the lesson is by Put to Silence the Ignorance of the Foolish. Putting to Silence the Ignorance of the Foolish. So if you look with me at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 down through 18, you'll see how God gives us that instruction. I'm going to read it to you. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, I pray that you'd be with us as we look into this scripture. I ask that you would help us to be wise in the things that we draw from your word, that we might live, live such a life as to genuinely bring honor to you and to be able to put to silence ignorant people. For Lord, we know that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. And all those who deny you, all those who fight against you, one day will be humbled. Whether they want to or whether they don't, they will. And Lord, I pray that you help us to do our part on this side of heaven, to put to silence the ignorant, that we might exalt you here and now. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 down through 18. And as we look at verse 15, I want to draw from that, that what we're striving to do is the will of God. Look again with me at that text. And I want you to see that it's important for us to understand he is talking to you and I about doing that which is the Lord's will. In fact, I went ahead and went into my Bible program and I typed in the will of God and there are 294 verses in your Old and New Testament that say those exact words, the will of God, 294. And I thought where this is just a cold Sunday, we don't have a lot to do tonight. And so I thought we could go right down through all 294 verses tonight. And that way tomorrow when the snowstorm is done, we're all snug as a bug in a rug right here. Amen. No, we won't do that. But I did want to point out to you that there is 294 verses that use that exact phrase, the will of God. There are a few, though, that I want us to look at tonight and kind of draw from. So if you will look with me over to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that is one of, and take heart, there's only three that I'm going to take you to tonight about the will of God. Romans chapter 12, if you would, look down with me at verse 2. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I wanted you and I to take some time tonight to just think about that good, that perfect, that acceptable will of God in our lives. And he, of course, here is telling us that part of doing that is abiding by all that we talked about this morning in the scriptures that we might be able to put to silence ignorant people. Turn with me, if you would, over to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 down through 10. Following along with that same text there in Romans 12 too, where we are going to go ahead and have our mind changed and transformed that we might understand all that God has for us. Uh, I had John lead us in ancient words 
because those words, the word of God, really does change us and transform us, doesn't it? Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. And I'm, I'm looking to see why is this not right. I'm in Galatians. So while I'm reading, I'm scanning. And that is hard to do. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to pick it up at verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness. This is the verse I worked on. Uh, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So when we look at this text, we understand that God changes the way we see things, changes the way we live through his word. It transforms us so that we bring forth the fruit of the spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is the acceptable will of God. So each day we should strive towards having that fruit of the spirit work in us. To do that which is good, do that which is righteous, do that which is truthful, even as Ephesians 5, 8 on down through (coughs) talks about. But I also want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look down with me there. And I'm going to read to you verses 15, 16, and 17. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. When I took you over to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it talked about the changing of our thought process, changing our thinking through the word of God, that we might do that which is the perfect will of God. When we come over here to Ephesians chapter 4 and and Ephesians chapter 5, we see in these verses, verses that challenge us, concerning the way we live and the way we walk. And he reminds us here that each one of these things is connected to the Holy Spirit. So we as individuals, if we're going to do the will of God in our lives, we have to let the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives guide us and direct us. Let's go back to our text there in 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to move down to verse 16, verses 15 and 16. Actually, I think I'm going to dip back into 15 as we connect it to 16. Listen again to verse 15. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak and a maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So we have a desire to go ahead and take all that God has called us to do, and turn it into well-doing. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence ignorant fellows, ignorant foolish men. The well-doing is a part that each of us has to purpose to do. It's not something that just happens. Now this morning I talked, uh, when we drew from the text above, we drew from that you and I are called to do good works. And I want to read again to you one of the verses I mentioned to you this morning, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, talking about God, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So if we're going to do well-doing, if we're going to do that which is good, that which is well, We need to understand we were created for that purpose as born-again children of God. So listen again, for we are his workmanship, created and shaped by him through salvation, born again as he called it himself. So we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And I want you to draw into that a little bit. That we should walk in those things. I knew tonight we would have a pretty small group because it's a cold day. We're in the midst of this uh, Omicron breakout that has really driven numbers high. So what I wanted to do this evening was take a few minutes 
and I want you to participate with me. And I want us to talk about, well, if we are created to do good works, if we are called to do that which is well-doing, and that if, if that is what is the will of God, then what are the good works that we should do? As individuals, think about that. What is the thing that we should do? Or what are the things that we should do? I think in many cases, it's different for all of us. There are certain gifts we have, certain talents we have that are good works that we can do. So I wanted tonight to give you a chance to stand up and talk to us about what is a good work that we as Christians can do to put to silence foolish people who mock and deride and ridicule our faith, our Christianity, our God. So is there anybody who can start us off and say, yeah, absolutely, I know something that we can do that is a good work. It's well-doing to the glory of God. As servants of God, we could do this. Anybody? John? Love your neighbor as yourself. So stand up and tell us about it. Tell us how. So if we're going to love our neighbor even as ourself, which is uh, where the Lord Jesus Christ was responding to what is the greatest commandment. So how do we do that? Somebody else, what's a good work that we can do in our lives to put the silence foolish people? What can we do that is doing well? Louis? Well, the Bible says that, you know, we should love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, you know, if we want to do good works, we need to get into the Bible and find out what he expects from us and to do it. That's the will of God. That's the first will of God. Amen. Okay. Somebody else. What are good works we can do? Anne? Spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. Absolutely. But let's qualify that a little bit. Because what does the Bible say? You know, we share Christ, but we do it with what? We do it with love. Because you can do it with a critical judgmental attitude, can't you? And you're not going to put to silence foolish people that way. You have to do it with love. You're exactly right. Somebody else, Sandra Jo? Just as John was standing up, I thought about the verse that says, for as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. And I think that that really is something that we have an opportunity to do, especially now, because our nation, our neighborhood, our community, even our church are, is polarized by different opinions. And, and John is right. You know, there are things that maybe you think or you want to say, and I think we have to look at everybody, everybody, as an opportunity to do a good work, whether it's your pew friend or your neighbor that you never see except once a year. And I think that that's an important thing because when we live peaceably, it makes it easier for people to see compassion in us. And I think that that's what people are looking for. They, there are people who are seeking during this pandemic, during this time of polarization, they're looking for compassion and they're looking for kindness, they're looking for love. And that is our opportunity. So I think that it's, it's very real today. Absolutely, yeah. Anybody else, what can we do, Patty?
regardless of whether you believe, you know, or you don't get embroiled in all of those things, but you just encourage them through what you can to show them Christ's love through the church. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, John, would you do me a favor and grab a mic? And that way, as people talk, they, it can be heard over the internet. Absolutely. Somebody else. What can we do as good works, Josh? Yeah, I was thinking about how you, you kind of mentioned that everybody has you know, different kind of gifts and things that they're good at or things that God has blessed them with. And just to be prayerful about how God has used what he's given you, you know, um, you might have, uh, have something that someone else is needy, needs, whether it's finances or a house or something, uh, and just being able to but just being able to, to share that uh, with them in love, I think. Uh, and kind of the other thing I was But thinking... let's be specific, though. Okay. Let's talk specific, because I want us to understand good works, it's not... There are real things that we can do. So so you're right. You're talking about we have talents, and, and people around us, there are needs. What are some of the things that we could do as a good work? So I had someone come up to me and said, hey, I need, I need some money. And I work, I have a job, and I realized that they didn't have a job and they were looking for a job. Uh, they needed money to be able to go out and do some of the job. So I said, here's some money. I don't expect anything back. Just God bless you, you know, and the person was in tears. So, you know, God can use you whatever it is he's blessed you with and just to bless others, so. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. The Lord, Lord has gifted you with extra money and there are people who really are struggling. You know what? The Bible teaches us if somebody comes and asks and you just send them off, yeah, we're really not doing the job. You know, we, we should be willing to help somebody else. What is a good work that we can do? What is it that we can do? It's not complicated. Yes, John. I've mentioned uh, a couple times for prayer for my coworker Lisa and her son Andy, who's dealing with some schizophrenia, some mental health issues, and so I've told her that you know I pray for her and for her son Andy. He's in his thirties, but I also try to at least once or twice a week check in with her talk to her, ask her how things go with her son, to continue to let her know that I'm continuing to pray for her and that I actually care about her and her son that, you know, they're going through this time because she is really stressed out by this. And she's not a person who is a person of faith, but when she came up to me a month ago and asked me to pray for her son, that really, spoke to my heart about her desperation that someone who's not a person of faith would ask for prayer. And so by my continued communication with her over this and continued prayer, it's an opportunity to show the love of Christ. Amen. Yeah, so the specific thing is not only praying, but reaching out. Going back, calling again, talking again, reaching out. That's a very specific act, isn't it? Reaching out. Somebody else. What can we do? Doris? I think sometimes we can just listen. Because, well, I don't think I need that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times we all like to talk. We like to visit. But sometimes we don't really listen to the whole part of what's going on. And I think sometimes I am very guilty of, of not looking at all the circumstances. And I think sometimes if we really listen to what the person is saying, then that will clue us to what God wants us to do about whatever whatever's going on. Because it's just sometimes you don't know what his will is. And that's why I really like that we're searching the scriptures to find God's will. Because I think it it's there 
closer than we think. You know? Amen. Yeah. So listen, so we've, we've heard talking, reaching out, listening. What's something else very specific that we, any of us could do? Maybe the Lord has given you a gift. You could use it. Anybody? This is not complicated, Louis. Sharing our talents. Like me being an electrician, helping somebody they got electrical need or, or whatever. <laughs> and Louis's right. You know, you, you take the talent that you have and you reach over and you help somebody. Like he said, he's an electrician. And somebody who doesn't have the money, somebody who is struggling, and they say, Well, I've got I've got this little problem. And it may only take you 15 minutes to fix a problem they worry about every day. And all of a sudden, you've done something for them that has really helped them. Uh, as your church, as church staff, it's not unusual for us to say to people, well, listen, you know, can I give you a ride? Can we shovel your sidewalk? And, it, and it's not that we don't have anything to do. Those are just very tangible things that we can do to help somebody. This uh, last week, one of the ladies, elderly lady, widow lady in the church called and said, um, my car won't start. And it was bitter cold. And so John came in my office. He says, I just got a message from so-and-so. Their car won't start. And I thought, ooh, they live kind of far away. And I thought, well, let me call her. So I called her. I said, we are very happy to come down and start your car. Did you call anybody locally? And she said, no, I called the church first. I said, well, would you mind if I called somebody who lives by you? And if they can't, we will come and do it. And you know what? She said, oh, I didn't even think of that. She said, I will call a, a guy in our church who just lives down the road. Bam, he went over, helped her, started her car, helped her out with her car, the whole thing. And you know, it meant so much to her. And it's such a, a little thing, isn't it? There's so many things that we can do. This morning, uh, one of the ladies was leaving church and she, she looked at me, she said, Pastor, this morning when you mentioned that a year ago we were all shut down, she said that made me cry because a year ago I was in the intensive care unit. I was in the hospital. And she said, it reminded me how I would sit and watch our church service on the cell phone. And she said, you will never know how much it meant to me to watch the service on my phone while I was in the intensive care unit. And so the little thing of running the camera and running the sound booth, it's, it's a thing we can do. It's a good work that we can do to minister to people in so many different ways. But let's, I want you to, this is not complicated. There's so many things. I could tell you in your life what you could do because you have talents. What could you do that's a good work? Anybody? Just kind of being generous about it and um, something like that. I, I guess I don't. Absolutely. I have, yeah, go ideas. the extra mile. Somebody asks you for a small thing and you say, no, let me help you. And really do it to the max. Yeah, and, I and agree with you. Giving them that um, full attention also. I mean, I liked what I think Doris. Doris was saying about listening. And I think part of that listening is um, giving people that full attention so they know that you're really hearing them. And uh, so that along with, I don't know, Amen. the full mile or whatever. Anybody else? I'm serious as a heart attack. Finding good works to do are not hard. Will Clark lives up in Lincoln and Will is, he's over. They have them on speed dial in Lincoln. Why? Because Will is a helper. And he, he cuts wood. And do you know, if there's somebody in his community, his circle, who doesn't have enough wood to get through the winter, do you know who brings them wood? Will. 
Why? Because it's a good work he can do as a Christian. And you might think to yourself, well, it's just wood. Listen, man, if you're out of wood, that's a big deal. There's so many things we can do. Somebody else. You got the mic. I'm prepared. <laughs> so like Louis said, use our talents. I like to cook. So cooking for people who are shut-ins or sick, which we do a lot in the church, I think that that's important. Letting people know that we're actually thinking in some about them and somebody cares. Absolutely. And you know, it not only ministers to the people in our church, their family that sees that we help and care for their family, it touches them too. Absolutely. When you make a meal for somebody, it really is doing a good work for the Lord. You don't even have to be sick because our flight got canceled for tomorrow. So like, I didn't have a lot of stuff ready to go. And tonight a lady brought me a dish of food for dinner. Amen. Brought you a dish of what? food for dinner. Wow. Aren't you happy? Well, I don't know. Did they bring me a dish too or just you? You can share. Oh. Ah, okay. Nice. But that's, it is nice. It's it's that somebody thought of you and that goes, that's a good work. Absolutely. It encourages the heart of everybody. Really just showing up for church. People don't understand how much it means to the other people in church with them to see their face. Yes. To just be able to worship with them. Anybody else? What's a good work? Josh? I have another one. Um, <laughs> but I was a recipient of some good works of this church, and I want to mention that. Just writing a note and sending it out, that was, I, I got many notes, and they were just timely and. And they were just great. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely a good work. Amen. A note. Look at that. And? Yeah. I can't think of the name of the pastor. Um, he said that a lot of people say, um, let me know if you need for me to do anything. And um, um, instead of saying, let me know if you need for me to do anything, just do it. Amen. Um, and I had a situation. I was in the office and um, one of my coworkers, she, she had sick babies. And I said, let me know if you need me to do anything and Alika turns around and she looks at me and I said I said it I really said it so I actually had to do something because Alika was watching me <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'll give you the example of you know John is really our IT guy at the church because he's he's far better with anything computer than I am but there are several elderly folks in our church who will call the church and say, can I talk to John? And you know, we'll give him the phone and they'll say, my computer won't work. Now I could say, well, really that's not your job, John, but it is his job to minister to and care for somebody with a simple talent of being able to go look at their computer and say, I, yeah, yeah, you gotta plug it in. <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, you know, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> It is not complicated. And that's where I wanted to go tonight. Let's do a couple more. Let's see if we can't get some new people. I'm sorry, John, in the back. But let's get some new people. I want you to think about it. Some new people, or I'll call on you. Patty? Um, I was just thinking in a practical sense, you know, um, for people. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, you like for people who have small children or whatever around Christmas time, offer to take the child so that they can whatever, do their Christmas shopping or go go out to dinner or something like that. Those are practical things that you can do. Absolutely. Make cookies for people and hand them out. Or, you know, just check in with your neighbor and say, I'm, or drop food off, whatever. Those are practical things. Absolutely. Somebody else. Practical things you can do. Kathy? So I saw something online just before the new year started, and I decided that this is something that God was speaking to me to do. So I put a post on Facebook, and I've also reached out 
personally to people. And what I'm doing is for each week of the year to have a name on there and have a verse that's their favorite verse and put them on for that week. And just every name that I got, they're on this week and then their verse. So every day I read their verse out loud or to myself and pray for them every day that week. And it's been a blessing for me to pray for them because I you know, I ask them, is there something specific that you want me to pray about? And they may not be specific, but just give me something to pray about for them. Because some of them are family that I rarely see down in West Virginia. Like this week is one of my cousins that I rarely see. I see her once a summer maybe. And I don't really know that much about her family, but I text or, you know, I sent her a message and I said, is there something I can pray about? So for me, that's something that I can do. And one lady asked if she could have another week. And I don't even know if she's saved, but I'm praying that maybe through this, she will be saved and we can, you know, we, we know each other, but we don't know each other. Sure. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's just been a blessing for me to fill in those weeks and I still have more if somebody wants their name on there. So I have plenty of weeks left. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. So really Kathy's taking her hobby, Facebook, and she's using it as a tool to go ahead and minister to other people and to do a work, you know, and maybe you have a hobby. Maybe your hobby is fishing or hunting or model rockets. I don't know, but you know, you can look around and say to yourself, well, you know what? I could even use my hobby to help touch somebody else's life in some way. How about one more? Somebody who hasn't said anything, brand new person, how can, what is a good work we can do? John, all right. I was gonna say just something as simple as being the best employee that you can be. And you know, when you, at your job, whether it's the factory or whether it's, uh, as Ann was mentioning, you know, her, her own business or whatever, if you can show the people that you work with and your employer that you're the best employee that you can be, you know, they take notice of that. And a lot of times they'll notice that something's different about that person. And then that oftentimes starts, creates conversations for them to say, you know, what's your story? And you can tell them that you're a Christian and talk to them about Jesus and stuff like that. But I have had many times working in the factory that people have known, oh, there's that, there's that guy who's going to the Christian college and what's his deal and stuff like that. I just tried to be the best employee that I could be for the people that I work with and for and around. And I think it's just sometimes just as simple as that too. It's what you can do to show the love of Christ to people. Amen. So when we look at this text, we, we start again at verse 15. It says, for so is the will of God that with well-doing, doing good works, ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Then I want you to note verse 16. He says, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So in order to understand verse 16, you have to understand some theology in the Bible. Because what he's doing is he's tapping back. He's tapping back to the Old Testament law. He's tapping back to the bondage that the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to hold people under with. And he is saying to you and I as Christians, as free. So, He's not saying you're doing something for free. He's saying we are free. And of course, how did we become free? Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He paid for our sins on the cross. We are free. We're free from the shackles of sin. So he's saying to us, he says, as free and not using your liberty, because when we received Christ as our savior, being set free, we have liberty in Christ. That's an important part of theological truth for you and I as Christians. We have liberty in Christ. And so he goes on. As free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So the apostle, as he writes these words, he's saying to you and I, he's saying... 
the good works that you do, the well-doing that you do, you do it in order to be in the will of God, and you are free and have liberty in Christ, but don't let that liberty allow you to be malicious in your behavior. For instance, he's saying, don't allow the fact that you are born again, you're a child of God, and therefore all of a sudden you feel like you can just be, do anything and act any way. You can be mean, you can be cantankerous, you can be, you know, and that's okay, I'm a Christian, I'm all right, I'm gonna make it to heaven anyways, even if I just make it by the skin of my teeth, I'm gonna make it. You know, he's saying you don't need to be a malicious, cantankerous, underhanded. He said, that's not, that's not the will of God. We should be doing that which is right and good even if you do have liberty in Christ, you have liberty in Christ to go ahead and misrepresent your faith. So he's challenging us here to not get entangled in the affairs of this world to where all of a sudden our good works get lost in our behavior. And he reminds us as he comes down, he says, as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, maliciousness, but as the servants of God. And how should a servant be? That launches him into the next few verses. Listen to what he says. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. And servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Wow, he's really coming right where they live. And he's talking to them about doing good works. Don't feel like because you're a Christian, you've got the freedom to just act any old way. You don't, because we're supposed to be servants of God. And if we're going to be a good servant of God, we're going to honor all men. So that means to show respect to others. Sometimes even those who don't seem to really deserve respect. In fact, he comes down and he references it with employers or those who had servants. He says, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the what? Froward. So what would it mean if somebody's a froward boss, what are they? They're not a good boss, are they? Maybe, maybe they're mean. Maybe they're demanding. Maybe they're ungrateful. Maybe they're pushy. But he's saying to them, he's saying, listen, you need to honor all men. Even that boss who is not necessarily good and gentle, but is downright cantankerous. He says, you still show respect. You still honor. And I tell people all the time, and I mean this, and I've worked in lots of secular jobs before I became a pastor. If you're miserable every day going to work, don't quit. Find another job. Then quit. Find something to where you're not unhappy every single day. So he tells us, he says, honor all men. And then somebody tell us, what's the next one? Love the brotherhood. Who is the brotherhood? It's us. It's you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ. Love that brotherhood. Now, does that mean that we're all that lovable? Nope. I saw the other day, there was a little girl on the news, and she wanted really, really badly one of those, one of those little things. They're almost like a porcupine. But they've become a fad pet. What are they? A hedgehog. She wanted a hedgehog. Now listen, there's nothing in my opinion snuggly about a hedgehog. Got all these pointy things. But you know what? This little girl got a hedgehog and she was beside herself with excitement and she loved that hedgehog. You can even love the pointy and prickly in this world. So he tells us, he says, listen, love the brotherhood. It's not that everybody's so lovable. We're loving because they're a brother or sister in Christ. 
Pray for them to get the sharp edges off. Minister to them and help them. Do good works to help them see the love of Christ in you. Then he goes on. He says, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. And what's the third one? Fear God. And several times tonight, we have gone ahead and had folks reference the fact that the Bible's called us to, to love the Lord with all our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Fear God. He is God. We are not. It's not that we tremble in fear of God. It's a reverential respect of who he is and what we are. He says, fear God. And then what's the next one? Honor the king. We talked about that this morning, didn't we? It's not whether the person that's sitting in power is the person you voted for or didn't. I can guarantee you through the years, man, I am telling you, there's some people that have been in the White House that in, in the flesh, I would have liked to have got up here and preached against them, but it would be wrong for me to do. I'm, I'm a pastor of spiritual truth. I'm not, I'm not a politician nor an, a news anchor. So I teach, let's respect the office. Let's show respect to the person who holds that office. Whether we admire them, we still, as Christians, must honor them. So we honor the king. And then in verse 18, as Brother John just talked about a few minutes ago, and I, I love to hear it when people who work at the church talk like that, don't you? Listen, listen to what it says. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward bosses. So John said, man, you know, absolutely. A good work is to do the very best every single day, put in extra time, just, you know, ask for a decrease of salary. No, I get, no, no, no. That's too far, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he was in the Weldon show. <laughs> but you know, when we look at this, every one of us has a boss. I, my boss is the Lord, and I, I wake up every single day talking to my boss. Every day when I wake up, before I get out of bed, I talk to him about my day and what I need to do for him. And you and I, we should always strive to do the very, very best we can on the jobs we do. And I, I do mention now and then, if you hate your job, look for another one. You know, I, I did machining from 16 years old to 32 years old, worked in big shops and small ones. Some shops I loved, some I hated. I know what it is to get up in the morning and go to work and think, oh, another day. But you know, you begin to look for God to open a door. Look for God to open a door and to give you that opportunity to move, to change. He might have you there for a very, very good reason. Find out what it is, get it done, and move on. So that you can be a happy person in your soul. Ask God to give you that victory, that joy. All right, tonight I just wanted to take you to those verses that talk to, uh, to us about doing God's will. And sometimes God's will is just not that hard. It may be just making cookies for the neighbor, bringing a plate of food for Sandra Jones. She's going to split it and share it with me. You know, um, it could be just a, a stack of wood for somebody or a kind word or a note. It could be a sidewalk shoveled or a car jump-started. I mean, there are a million things that you and I, I am sincere when I say to you, this is not a hard thing God has asked us to do. It's practical and we should strive to do it. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you to the folks who are live streaming and uh, let's pray for one another. Amen? I, a number of folks have reached out to me today who have been directly exposed to Omicron or um, or they've been tested positive. It is everywhere. Be smart. Be careful. Um, we're praying for you and we would minister to you in any way. Um, if there's something we can do for you, let us know. If you're sick and you need us to bring by a plate of food, we would gladly do that as a church. Um, so 
we're going to make it through this time. Amen? We are going to make it through the other side. So let's just keep praying. Keep your chin up. I know that it's... I know it can kind of pull you down. Keep your chin up. The Lord is able. He's going to get us through. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, we thank you that we could come and be in your house tonight. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for those who do live stream our services, who are not able to come. I pray that you would comfort them and strengthen them and help them. And that soon we would see this close. It's already been, Lord, going into the third year. Surely this thing is going to run its course and we're going to come out the other side. And we look for you to make all that possible. Help us as a church to be wise as stewards and do your will in all of our good works. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming out tonight.